Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to Out of Oz, a Building 28 Church podcast where we confront the fantasies and fallacies of modern day Christian culture with compassion, conviction, and courage. I'm one of your hosts, Peter Dragos, and with me, as always, is Aaron Kern. Thanks, Pete. So, we're talking about war today. Rather famously, Franklin D. Roosevelt said, war is young men dying and old men talking. That's a pretty fitting description in some sense. Um, Wars have always raged across the globe. But today, with the meteoric rise of social media, which we talked about here on the podcast, it seems that everyone is talking about war and specifically the war in Europe currently that is raging. Uh, And amidst all of this that's going on, there's very pressing questions for us as Christians, just Christians are not immune to this. We're talking about it as much, if not more so than everybody else. And so the question for us is, how should we as Christians think about and talk about war? Is it justifiable? Uh, Is it not justifiable based on our history as Christians, based upon scripture? So to answer all that today, because I don't have a whole lot of, a whole lot of robust thought on this, but Adam Powers does. So thanks for joining (laughs) us today on the podcast. Good to be here. Good to be. Pastor of Sunrise Community, you guys know him. He's here pretty much all the time. Thanks for coming down. And Pete, you can take it away, man. Yeah. So before we started... Adam had some theories he wanted to discuss. So I think we should just kind of start with that. <laughs> so throughout the history of the church, what, what, what were you going to No, gonna say? no. No, go ahead. I was going to say, this is how I work best. Like, as you'll see throughout <laughs> this whole podcast, I'm a very defensive person. I respond to attacks. So let's hear oh, your Oh, let's do it. <laughs> let's start the frontal assault here. Um, throughout the history of the church, Christians have largely held just two positions. It's ironic that there's only two because when we talk about theories, when we talk about doctrines specifically, there's usually positions all over the board. But when it comes to war, there's really only been, I think, in the history of the church, two positions. It's been the just war theory or pacifism. So pacifism is easy to define. It's all war is always evil all the time. That position, I think, as well intended as it is, is naive, honestly. I mean, do, do, do we want, want to talk about that? I mean, is that is that fair? Well, I think that you it's think? important to define certain things, right? So I think personally the best way to discuss war, if we're going to talk about it in an abstract way and whether or not Christians should support it and things like that, mm-hmm. is there are two sides to a fight, right? So there's sure. the person who starts it and then the people who defend. Yeah. I don't think yeah. anybody would say what the Ukraine is doing right now is wrong. They're right. trying to defend their land. For sure. Right? So I think totally. if you're a Christian in Ukraine or praying for people in Ukraine to defend themselves, what they think is right, you know, and people are invading their territories, fine. But I think starting a war or getting into a war for specific purposes, that's kind of where you're talking. Like, yeah. mostly you're either passive saying, no, there's no reason for bloodshed ever. There's no reason to kill people. Um, we can talk to them. We can work it out. We can witness to them or they can kill us and we can be martyred. Right. So that's like the pacifist. Well, I will will say that, like, if you stay the first three centuries of the church, which I know you have, Mm -hmm. and even today across the world, there are people who would say that 
there are Christians who would say, because our kingdom is not of this world, our citizenship is not here, that even taking up any arms, even to defend true. your land true. Yeah. and take other people's life right. with that. I wouldn't agree with that position, right, right, but there right, are right. Yeah, no. for sure. strictly there pacifist are that position that. Yeah. would say that. And there, right. there are actually a lot of them that are out there today. And so in fairness to them, that that is kind of that dominant thinking during the, during the kind of terror of the church in the first three centuries of sorts was that we're not going to raise an arm to defend yeah. ourselves. We are going to willingly lay down our lives, even if we're unjustly sought out for the sake of the greater kingdom, which I don't agree with. I mean, it's noble. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, it's quite the sacrifice, but I don't agree with, I mean, if you want to go that route because you're personally convicted, then that's one thing, but to, mm -hmm. to apply that to everyone broadly. But that is kind of the strictly pacifist approach that has been popular in many periods throughout Christianity of we will not take up arms to um, to defend ourselves and, and potentially take another person's life at all. Right. And I think a part of that is, especially historically, it's like God's in control. So if we're supposed to get conquered and killed today, then this is the day we go to meet with God. Yeah. So I think there is an element of that. I think that, so what is it that Christians look to that rejects that position now? The so, purely pacifist position. That says no to that position? Correct. So that's the other side of the coin, which is the just war idea or just war theory. It was first coined by Augustine in the fifth century, I believe, and then really kind of held firm for hundreds of years until Thomas Aquinas reaffirmed this, the two big A's of historical theology, Augustine Aquinas. But this is and what Athanasius. just war... Athanasius, there you go. <laughs> The yeah, this is this is what just war theory is. It agrees with the original premise that pacifism does. All war is evil, but it does not follow it. It adds a lot more nuance to it. It says all war is evil, but not all participants in war are guilty of doing evil. There could be situations where all participants in war are truly guilty of doing evil, but when a nation acts as an aggressor, or we could say a playground bully against another nation, that nation is just and right. And it adds, even has the responsibility to defend itself. And so in this context, just war, when it's in defense, has often accomplished a lot throughout history in stopping the imperialistic aggression of many tyrannical leaders. So that's kind of just war theory. So in a they would point to like uh, a lot of proponents of just war point to World War II, totally, and Hitler, and the Stalin. Nazi regime, because because yeah. Aquinas came out with these really three bastions of, and I don't know if it was original with him, but he really pushed them forward in his works. These three bastions of uh, war has to be declared by rightful sovereign, mm -hmm. and he had definitions of what that means. And that there's there could be ambiguity in that, but a rightful sovereign has to declare the war. It's not just anyone can do that, or certainly not a tyrant, or and then uh, the war had to have a just cause, he would say. So typically that's going to be the either the defense of one's property or family or something like that, uh, or maybe even the reclaiming of a land that's been conquered. Yeah. Um, kind of like- Well, that's you, the hard part, right? Is because it's always, yeah. no, this is, they both feel like- I would say all of this yeah. is tough. Like all, of, all of this, there's, there's holes in all yeah. of this. Like, is it just to go get oil from the Middle East and fight yeah, a war over yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> like, I mean, th I think that's where they would, the uh, proponents of just war would say that Canaan was a- reclaiming of the land. Oh, um, yeah. You know, it was a reclaiming. Yeah. Or that uh, in World War mm -hmm. II, storming the beaches of Normandy was a reclaiming of France for the yeah. Allied forces, you know. And so, and, you're, and the third thing is, is that 
the and this is what's really convoluted is the warriors, according to Aquinas, have to fight with the right intent of the conquest of good over evil. Yeah. For a just war. Well, when has that ever happened? When has the, the intent, you know, really been pure in the hearts of the soldiers and warriors, mm. all of them? And so you should argue there's never been a real just war. But those anyway, those are the principles of just war that Aquinas says, hey, this is what needs to apply. And mostly Christians who have held that belief over the last 1600 years, 1500 years, have kind of espoused at least in some form or fashion those those principles. And I think they're trying to right now with Ukraine. Oh, I think it's and, totally and, just. And everything that's going on there. I think and it'd most, be unjust of them yeah. to not fight Yeah, back. most Christians are saying that's just. Now, there's yeah. more convolution in should, you know, should mm. others get involved in wars. Right. Uh, going but, to help. Yeah. So I think that what, what makes this kind of a difficult <laughs> topic is there are biblical principles on many sides of the war discussion, right? There are biblical principles on the pacifist side. There are bis- biblical principles on the just war side. And then there are biblical principles on different kind of purposes and reasons for wanting to fight, we'll just say, right? Whether it's, you know, we can get into, should we go over there and protect Ukraine? Because we can. And what is our duty then? You know, and should oh, we? like us? We have we brothers and sisters. Like, should, should Christians nation? support? Yeah. Should Christians yeah. be pushing to go and protect our brothers and sisters in Christ in Ukraine or protect people that can't protect themselves? Do they, do the Ukrainians at this point take the place of the orphans and the widows in the Bible? And hmm. should we go protect? Like, I think you can, you can take biblical principles that far, but then you can also take biblical principles and pray for them, do what you can for them, welcome people here if, you know, they need refuge, you know, and there's a passive way to also support them biblically. And I think that's what makes it hard is when something like this comes up and you feel like there are ways you can look at the Bible and feel like both sides can have some merit, what do you do? And what is kind of your analysis of what your position should be as a Christian in a, in a situation like this? Not even necessarily, we don't have to get to what your position is. How do you get there? What do you look hmm. to? Well, you look to things obviously in the Bible first that, that should be obvious to us. And we find Romans 13 outlying for us, describing for us God's call, he even calls the ministers of the civil magistrate that they've been given the right to bear the sword of steel, while the church has been given the calling to bear the sword of the spirit. Those two should never be mixed, I think, or one try to interfere with the other. That's when history gets a little messy when those are combined. Talking about the Crusades, maybe? Two, yeah, Something that's like that. nasty. Yeah. And things like this. But uh, that principle... I think of just war plays right into Romans 13, but it also plays into just, I think, practically speaking, from like the very small level to the big national geopolitical level of what what I think we've talked about a little bit, the playground. When there's a playground bully bullying other kids, other kids should come to the victim's defense and help defend him or her, or it's a group or things like this. Um, that plays true, I think, in our own families. When someone comes into our or breaks into our homes, we should not only feel the responsibility, but the right to defend our families. So and I think- then geopolitically, when the bully comes against an, an, another nation, I think it's right and just for other nations to come to their aid. See, my issue with that is hmm. your analogy is fine. Okay. Someone breaks into your house or you have a schoolyard bully. Mm-hmm. I get it because that's obvious. You look at it and that's what it is. There are certain times where I would say, especially in geopolitical war, yeah, that we don't actually know everything that's going on. 
And that's what I think makes it difficult, right? It seems like the for consensus sure. is against Russia, right? And yeah. I'm not, I, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and stick up for Russia. I'm just saying how we already started in the beginning of the discussion, Russia thinks that land is theirs. Yeah. They think they have a rightful claim to- It goes back to, to what, like yeah. Catherine the Great in the ninth century? So that's what I'm saying. Like this, so right? when yeah. we have a situation like this, where, I mean, I think to myself, when I started hearing about the war, I'm like, people still do this? Like countries still just like invade other countries and take them? I thought we were all cool with each other. Yeah, I was going like, to say, it does hey, seem Hey, I want some kinda... of your resources, Ukraine. <laughs> let's strike a deal. Yeah. You give us some of this, we'll give you some no, of that, and we're that. good. No, we're just going to come kill you and take it. That's weird that that still happens, yeah. right? So I, I'm it's not saying rare. I condone that at all, but what I am saying is- it is not the same as someone breaking into your house where there's clear delineation and it's not the same as a schoolyard bully. As as apt as that seems for what the political or what the media narrative is of the war, and I'm not saying it's wrong, yeah. it very well could be right. And if it was clear that it was just a schoolyard bully and they're starting knocking down pins with Ukraine, mm -hmm. then sure, I think we should step in. And I may, that may be my position anyways, is that I think we should step <laughs> in. But I, but But I'm just thinking about it as a Christian and I look at it it's really hard sometimes to determine what's actually happening and yeah. what is the just side right. of this war. And I think right. that's where people really struggle into where I think my position, and Aaron, I want to get your opinion on this because I think you may be here too, is it's almost like we're still in a passive information gathering stage of this war where we are praying, we're looking for opportunities to do what we can we would like the violence to end always yeah. and them to come to some agreement, whatever it may be. But I don't know if I feel like I'm super confident in a position of we need to send our families over there. And I'm not saying you're at, you're at that spot, but like we need to send our brothers and uncles and cousins and sisters and everyone over there to fight this war to protect the Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like for me, like I would lean toward not. Not what? Not sending not our, getting you involved. Know, not I would lean, and that's that's more of a political position. And the reason why is because, you know, in any year you have typically between fifteen and thirty wars raging around the globe, and in every war there's atrocities committed, and it's sad, it's devastating. Don't get me wrong, uh, orphanages supposedly being bombed, but that's the problem is you don't know how much you can trust the information that's coming out of yeah. Ukraine, you know, and uh, if that's going on, it is barbarous, and that's absolutely terrible. Or hospitals of you know oh, maternity yeah. wards being bombed, stuff like that, and you're you see footage and you hope that you can trust, but. It doesn't, from all indication, from what I've read, hmm. while Putin doesn't seem like a good guy, the Ukrainian government is not a bastion of righteousness either. I'm just saying, like, that's, it's, it's not. And the Ukrainian president is not like a Bible-believing, uh, willed, willed the sword in the spirit of the Lord. You know, right. like, it's just not. Right. It's not like they're attacking yeah, God like, like, purposely, yeah. like, that's their so mission. So to, to rush over, which I think what happens is, and this happens in, in so many realms, but kind of the emotional heartstrings get pulled with the videos of an orphanage or a hospital. And once again, that is tragic. But really, if we were to interfere in this, we're doing it for the Ukrainian government from a governmental standpoint. And um, I don't see where nation, biblically, where nation is just supposed to rise up and defend other nations around the globe. People are welcome to disagree with that. I don't see where the U.S. is supposed to be like the policing force around the globe. Yeah. At the same time, I think as Christians individually, 
if we feel led to go, if we have a background in fighting, or obviously I'm a huge proponent of those who have a background in rescuing children from such slavery, which is a war, a sexual war that's being waged. I mean, I'm all for like, if a Christian feels led in their conscience to go and to fight for what they believe is right before the Lord and to stand outside an orphanage and defend it with everything in their power to do that, that, that is far different than saying we're going to actually enter into a staged and and formal conflict. conflict. Um, And so that's kind of the position that I would take on this. I can't also, you know, I've already stated, but I can't surmise kind of like what Peter hinted at of what's factual and what is not like, Putin seems like a really bad guy. I don't know because I can't trust what the media is is pushing forward. I can't trust what they're pushing forward about Ukraine, about what's going on in Europe right now. I just don't know. And I can't, and it's hard for me to like trust the government. I know that makes me sound a certain People way. People are going to be mad about but, that. Yeah. Like, but it's just like, you don't know what happens anywhere. Well, that's what I'm saying. You don't I'm, know what happens in and, this church. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what happens in my office. You don't know what happens at, like, you just don't know what happens. <laughs> and if I step forward and I go, let me tell you what's happening, yeah. then you have to determine, are you going to trust me or- right. You know, have I done something that might lend yourself to not trust me? And I would argue that a lot of the powers and forces at work in the world that we hear their voices have done a lot of stuff to, I'm not saying that nothing they say is legit. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm really not. I'm just saying it's hard at times to trust the voices that are coming out. And if we're trying to just a way, uh, wage a just and righteous war, it's just hard to determine like, hey, is this what we need to do? I also think we come from a bit of a jaded generation oh, for because sure. we see what happens when we go over for war to protect people and how everybody hates us for it in the end. The country says it's always a mistake, you know, 20 years later, and and we don't want to get involved in that. I think if we lived in a generation where the U.S. came and stomped their foot down and fixed everything and everybody praised us, then we would be over there right now. But we're just not. That's not the generation we live in. That's not what's going to happen. We're not just going to be able to flip a switch and everyone's going to bend a knee and we're going to put Ukraine back and put Russia back and everybody say thank you. Because I think if if we knew that was going to happen, it may be a different discussion, but it's not. It's not what's going to happen. So I think as part of the discussion around this for Christians, we look at the Old Testament, we see a lot of war, we see God-ordained war. And again, in the Bible, it's always different than how we go through life because we can see what God is doing and what you know, the, the hand of God, we can actually see work there and here. Sometimes it's harder, like in a moment like this. Oh yeah. Why is this different than the wars of the old Testament or Hmm. even the wars in the Bible? Well, it's first of all different because God, I want to say those wars in the old Testament are the only wars in all of history that the Lord actually commanded Israel to wage. And so especially the conquest of Canaan, the Hebrew word harem warfare comes to mind. Uh, that means that that the whole conquest of Canaan was before the Lord in truth, a sacrifice and aroma that was pleasing to him because this was the promised land that God had set aside for his people. And therefore he determined and what he does is right, that this should be for his people. So he calls his people to go in and clean house And part of their continuing problem through the rest of the Old Testament is that they didn't clean house. There was lingering pockets of pagan peoples that kept on leaning into them throughout their whole national life that gave them issues throughout their whole history. That's very clear looking back at the Old Testament. I don't think that ought to be a question for Christians. Well, I think it's also like, I think it's really important to point out that it was not as if the Israelites were just brutally going and ransacking for no reason. And you can even bring in the divine reason, the divine purpose of God as part of that no reason, meaning that 
they were being constantly attacked by the Philistines, by the Canaanites, by the Amorites, by the Amalekites. I mean, constantly attacked. And so even when they were on the attack, you could say it was a defensive attack. Like it's in the sense of like we're being attacked. And so now we have to go on the offense, much like Pearl Harbor is attacked. So the U.S. has to go on the offense to bring about peace and restoration. That's what you see from Egypt and the Exodus all the way through to the conquest of Canaan is, is the Israelites are marching and they're being attacked. And so they rise up in warfare. And at times they attack but it's more of a counterattack oftentimes. Um, and so I just think that needs to be spoke, like understood because you see a lot of that brutality and grotesque violence in the Old Testament, but it is to put down a nation that seeks the the brutalization of mm-hmm. the Israelites, you know? So, Wait, yeah, which is so helpful to point out. You're, you're, you're so right there because today, and this is the huge difference, Peter, there is no one nation that can say we are God's people. Because God's people are now Whoa, those who believe United in Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> of all nations, those who come and yeah. have faith in Jesus. And so yeah. it is incredibly problematic for any leader, especially a leader of the United States, to say, God has called us into war. And you're just like, mm, America is not North America. Sorry. The United States of America. There's Canada. We always forget there's Canada. Some of us don't. Some of us don't. <laughs> I, I never do, but I'm not a nationalist like Powers. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. No nation today is God's nation. And so no nation can therefore claim a divine right to engage in war. Yeah. To do so is not only idolatrous. It's been it's, it's, it's happened millions it's of wrong. times in the right. past. Yeah, like where, you know, England was you oh, know, the, the Danish nations, right? Yeah. That's just a that's just <laughs> a uh, convenient thing. Which speaking right. of England, I was thinking about this when we were talking about the reclaim reclaiming of a nation. I'm like, what Russia's doing would be akin to yeah. to England coming over here and going like this was ours in the eighteen in the seventeenth, eighteen. And we want it back now. It's been hundreds of I mean it's, yeah. it hasn't been hundreds of years since the Soviet Union fell, yeah. but but you get the idea of, you know, this is a lifetime ago mm-hmm. for, for many people, and now it's an attempt to reclaim. Just about the... every land is conquered by war. I mean, that's how it. I that's know. how we draw the lines, basically, yeah. which is which is crazy to think about. But I also think another thing that's very different, obviously, from like a lot of the Old Testament battles, like you're saying, it's God ordained. I think people say, well, we don't know. Maybe this is also God's hand working right now oh, through the United yeah. States to go over we've, there we've and help Ukraine. That. But it's like you think about Gideon or the walls of Jericho and the actual miracles that happen mm-hmm. in war and it's like that it's different right i think that it's it's okay for us to draw distinctions in a lot of that when we call it god ordained war god directed war whatever you want to call it but i think people can sometimes just see that in the bible and say see god's in on war we need to go over there and fight because which, which is why you gotta on read the just side yeah every text in its context or else every text becomes a pretext for a proof text. Is that followable? Yeah, I, th- I think back, at least according to my understanding of history, probably the most controversial war the U.S. ever fought was Vietnam. Probably. I mean, at least from you what think I think so. Eh, at least from what I understand of it. Historically, I would say. And so I think, I think there could be a lot of, I mean, if the war on terror was like a real war, I mean, it's, it's hard. Like it's, but Vietnam was very controversial, right? And um, I think there could be a lot of defense made that it was not a justifiable war. Yeah. Like the United, United why States, did we go? The, yeah. Why, why should we have gone? What was the purpose in that? And yet at the same time, the whole reason I bring up Vietnam or the war on terror, Desert Storm, whatever it was that, that you know, especially in our modern thinking is um, there is a difference between God commanding and God decreeing. And like he's decreed every war. 
Me- meaning that sovereignly, like, sovereignly. Yeah. Well, he's decreed every, well, we, well, every we event about whatsoever that. comes. So to that's pass. that's important, though. I think for anybody right. listening to understand is that every war is ultimately a part of God's plan, mm-hmm. but that does not mean that He is commanding it justly according to biblical principles. Right. And so I want to make that distinction because I think as people sit back and listen to this, they're going, "Well, as we try to pick apart wars in history or even future wars, like God is in control and is." either directly or indirectly bringing about everything that's happening in Ukraine right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, He could stop it. He's in control of it. He's sovereign over it. But that does not mean that he has led by his spirit or especially his mandated uh, ordination, uh, meaning his command for forces in Europe, uh, Russia, Ukraine, whatever, to actually exercise the power that they're exercising. Like he led David to fight like Goliath. Like he led David to yeah, fight Goliath. True. Exactly. Very, yes. These are apples and oranges. Yes, exactly. Very, yeah. very different. And I think that's just the distinction needs to be clear. Yeah. So I guess the one question is kind of as we're wrapping is, is it wrong to support going over there and defending Ukraine? No. Do you think it's wrong? No. Okay. Do you? I wouldn't say it's like sin. Sin, right. No. Like, no. I wouldn't say it's sin. I think there's a gray area in this. Could it be sin, depending on what your motivation is? I th- well, I think that like Christians, we talked about it a lot on the podcast. I think critical thinking is is not applied in this, just like in a lot of areas where it's just easy to jump on a bandwagon of thoughts or a political agenda. And, and instead of thinking critically through like what is actually going on, uh, can we trust the sources before us? Is it a justifiable war? Um, should Even if it is. If it meets that, does that mean that the United States should enter that? If it's justifiable for the people of Ukraine, does that mean the United States should enter that? I think all those questions, like those are things that we need to be talking about. And I think Christians just need to talk astutely about war and violence. And and before we do wrap down finally, because this is the part of the of this entire conversation, I told Pete, look, I'm not like a big talk about war guy, but I, I am big on talking about like the idiocy of Christians, um, especially on social media and predicting that because Russia is the bear that this is the end of the world, right? Prophecy being fulfilled. Yeah. And you're looking like buffoons because in two months when they reach a peace agreement, mm-hmm. um, it's not going to be the end of the world just like 2020 wasn't the end of the world or 19, you know, 14 wasn't the end of the world or 1942 wasn't in the, the world with Hitler. And I just think that Christians need to be like prudent and cautious and intelligent in how we talk about these things instead of grabbing onto a prophecy of Jesus in Matthew 24 and being like, hey, look, I heard another rumor of war. There's always been that. There's just always been that. I talk about it on Sundays and Thursdays here, but there's just always been that. And I think it is uh, ludicrous. And I, I personally think it is detrimental and flippant for us to be using the words of Jesus in such a uh, trite way. And what it does is it just the world that's watching around us. I just got done reading Bertrand Russell's book, Why I'm Not Christian, this mm-hmm. week. And it was clear in his book. I didn't think it was a good book at all. Clearly, I'm a Christian. But but I thought it was clear from Russell that he had a, an emotional, as, as much as he tried to crouch it in an intelligent response, he had an emotional, visceral response to the unintelligence of Christians in his generation, 1930s, 1940s, 50s. You think it was that? Well, reading that book, mm-hmm. uh, you can check it out um, and his reactions to all the argumentations about the Lord. But really what it came down to was, at least for me, and maybe this is just my background rising up, but that he had, the, the Lord had been misrepresented. I know a lot of modern atheistic thinkers like Christopher Hitchens, until they came across Doug Wilson or or a couple other brilliant Christians, they had this thought process 
um, because of the way that Christians wag their tongues heedlessly, that Christians are just ignorant. They don't know what they're talking about. And we're constantly misrepresenting the Lord. And, um, and so I think we need to be really careful with the words of Jesus, and when it, particularly when it comes to these wars, devastation, rumors of war, atrocities that are committed around the globe. They're sad. They've always taken place. They've always taken place. There's been less than 8% of human history that's been absent of war. Mm -hmm. And so um, anyway, that's where I would kind of land with this. My thoughts almost decide on, hey, should we go? Should we not? Obviously, I kind of outed myself on, I don't think that's the United States responsibility, but would I be like an anarchist and, and be out on the street saying, you know, picketing against war if we sent troops? No, like I would submit to the government authorities unless it was anti-biblical. I was going to say, yeah. is it really Unless our... it was anti-biblical. Yeah. But the thing for me more so as a pastor is looking hmm. at Christians and how are we representing Christ in this? Are we representing him biblically and with accuracy? So I guess that's the question then, Adam. Do you think either side is anti-biblical, regardless of which? The pacifist or the just war theorist? No, I'll say whatever the government's decision may be now. To send troops or not to send troops or aid or whatever we end up sending, mm. is either side anti-biblical in which Christians should really stand against? Or do you think having we have the liberty to pick a side that we would support and then submit regardless of what the government does. Can I give two answers? Sure. Okay. Right now, as it stands, no, it is not sinful for Christian. Neither side is. Yeah, not, yeah, neither side is, right? So, I mean, be for it, be against it. You can have your reasoning. Um, those can be weighed in, in and of themselves critically and not idiotically. Things like this, no. But, but, capital B-U-T, Romans 13 the Lord impresses upon us that if, if our leaders, our governmental authorities, if President Biden today or tomorrow or a week from now says, we're sending troops and we're going over there and he were to do, which wouldn't happen, this modern warfare, a draft, we would be, I think, sinning to not submit to our leader in that. So I think there's some more nuance that needs to come to our response because we're called to submit to our governing authorities insofar as they don't command us to sin. And I don't think that that would be a sin to command us to go over there and help at all. So it really comes down to do we submit to the ultimate king or not? Because God, the true king, makes demands on us and how we submit to the lesser kings and these nations that we live in today. Right. And I think it's fine to disagree that, you know, we shouldn't go over or whatever, but I think when we look at purpose a lot of times, and I think that's important because if we wanted to go conquer a land for money and power, then I could see why Christians could be against it. But yeah, for all right. intents and purposes, we'd go over to defend the little brother from the big brother or whatever, yeah, the, bully, the bully, whatever. So, you know, I think at least we could see that as kind of a primary purpose of why we would get involved. Sure. So it wouldn't be sinful like we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I do think this one's a little clearer, though there, you know, there right. might be trust issues. This conflict is a little clearer than I think the Middle East. Do you now? Honestly. I'm, I'm That's for one. another discussion. Yeah, I didn't is. know what you were going with when you said a little clearer. <laughs> Everything, everything's muddied to me when it comes to the Ukrainian conflict right now. I don't know oh, what really? to believe. I just really don't know what to believe. Yeah. And even different news sources are reporting very different material. And so, sure. uh, but so I think, I think it's easy. I think it's easy if you trust the sources, whatever those sources might be. 
Uh, it might be clearer, but when, when you have a skepticism like Peter talked about, a jadedness, and you just go, uh, so many wars. I'm not just talking about Biden and, and this war. I'm talking about so many wars in recent history over the last 60, 70 years have been fought oftentimes, at least in part, to cover up failures of policies and administrations and to redirect. Like the government's been very good at redirecting the American attention to wars. And uh, and you should argue that's what happened in 2001 with the war on terror. I mean, you should just, and so to me, there there is a there is a skepticism there. And so I don't know if it's as clear, if it was as clear maybe as what it is to you, maybe I wouldn't be as opposed to going and yeah, waging yeah. conflict. And, and I could be totally wrong, but this might just be the first of many conversations we have about it. Let's say like India just bought a bunch of oil from Russia that we are now refusing to buy. If India links up with Russia, China links up with Russia, North right. Korea links up with Russia, and ironically, Nicaragua came out in favor of Putin, as small as they are uh, and where they're located, yeah. uh, we might be talking about this a lot more into how the Christians should respond I think, I think to World go, War I think Things can change, obviously. I think it goes back 80 right. years. Yeah. Like, I, I think, mm. um, you know, Roosevelt had a ton of pressure in 1941 to join yeah. with the Allied forces. And he didn't. Sure. And I actually think he was right to not join with them hmm. from until Pearl Harbor. When they come to your front door and they beat down that front door, then the justifiable war is the defense of your, yeah. of your nation. Right. Like, the defense of your life, of your homes, your families. Pearl Harbor had to be responded yes, to. Yes, it had to be responded to, even though it was on their turf. Right. Nothing was fought on right. U.S. soil beyond Pearl Harbor. And so, it might come to that. Yeah. It has not yet, but it might so, come So, yeah, to back, back 80, 80 years ago with the world so, I think, well, not as connected globally as it is now. I think staying out is a much more viable option. But today, as connected as we are, people are going to yeah. jump in a lot quicker because interests are everywhere these days. And every nation everything has their hand in all. Oh, yeah. Everything moves fast. And everybody now. knows everything now yeah. or suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying these age old principles from Augustine and Aquinas still yeah. kind of stand. They, Those they, are the barriers. They stand to help guide us stay. because of how fast the world is moving and, and yeah. how convoluted things are. So anyway, that's our thoughts there. For Christians, we need to be prudent. We need to be calm. Yes. We need to be a voice of reason Biblical. and Christocentric direction. So anyway, that's what we got today. Hopefully it's helpful. Everybody just chill out. All right. Till next time. That's that's the that's, that's, that's the, the that's the theme. Yeah. <laughs> Nuanced conversation is always good in critical thinking. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Odds is produced by Building Twenty Eight Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about the show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.